VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And we thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on VCY America. Ladies and gentlemen, this past Saturday, Swords of Iron, now that's Israel's war against Hamas, entered its 21st week. As a reminder, on October 7th, 2023, over 1,200 were massacred on that date. Some 240 Israelis and foreigners taken hostage. Attacks against Israel, though, continue today alone, Monday, February 26. According to Israel National News, sirens sounded at least six times, four times with threats coming from northern Israel, one time from southern Israel, one time from near the Gaza. Many sirens also went off yesterday. It's happening, friends, day after day after day. But let us recall what Ghazi Hamad of the Hamas Political Bureau said on October 24th on a show on LBC TV in Lebanon. He said this, Israel is a country that has no place in our land. We must remove that country because it constitutes a security, military, and political catastrophe to the Arab and Islamic nation and must be finished. We are not ashamed to say this with full force. We must teach Israel a lesson, and we will do this again and again. The Al-Aqsa flood is just the first time, and there will be a second, a third, a fourth, because we have the determination, the resolve, and the capabilities to fight. Will we have to pay a price? Yes, and we are ready to pay it. We are called a nation of martyrs, and we are proud to sacrifice martyrs. The occupation must come to an end. The news anchor asked occupation where? In the Gaza Strip? And he said, no, I'm talking about the Palestinian lands. Does that mean the annihilation of Israel, he was asked? Yes, of course. The existence of Israel is illogical. The existence of Israel is what causes all that pain, blood, and tears. It is Israel, not us. We are the victims of the occupation, period. Therefore, nobody should blame us for the things we do. On October 7th, October 10th, October 1 million, everything we do is justified. Well, meanwhile, ladies and gentlemen, with these continued threats, against Israel, uh, the continued threat to wipe Israel off the face of the map and to undo this nation, pressure continues to mount against Israel by the United Nations. As uprisings around the globe also indicate that, that people are calling for this ceasefire for Israel to stop defending herself. Friends, it's happening even in our own country as well. Well, joining us for this and related conversation, we welcome back to Crosstalk Chris Katolka, Assistant Director of North American Ministries at the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry, host of the Friends of Israel Today radio program. Uh, He's a Bible teacher, a writer for Israel My Glory magazine, and author of the book, Israel Always. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Jim, great to see you and hear from you again. Yeah, yeah, see you is right. Uh, you and I have spoken. We've traded emails many times through the years, but a joy to meet uh, meet each other face-to-face last week at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. Quite a time it was. It was, and it was like a reunion. It's like I had known you for a long time. Brothers seeing each other, even though we first time seeing each other, it felt like I knew you uh, as a, a dear brother. Well, let's talk about that NRB for just a bit, because it was last Thursday uh, we met at this presidential forum. The candidates for president of the United States were invited to come and address the broadcasters, but just one, just one accepted the invitation. That was former President Donald Trump. And uh, though uh, the Biden-Harris team did not show up, I, I'd like you uh, just to hear how they characterized uh, last last week. They said Trump rallied with crazies. This is from the Biden-Harris team. Trump's extreme allies went to take America back to the Stone Age, banning abortion nationally, overturning same-sex marriage, and ending no-fault divorce in America. This is a comprehensive freak show of dangerous policies that would hurt America. In the states, mega-Republicans are already plotting to strip 
health care from hundreds of thousands of Americans if Trump is reelected. But Trump hasn't run away from these crazies. He's embraced them. At a speech in Nashville, Trump gave an incomprehensible and dark speech detached from reality. And then at CPAC, Trump joined allies, Nazis and anti-Semites who want to end democracy, deny climate change exists and celebrate the January 6th insurrection. I, I guess, uh, Chris, uh, you and I were both, uh, you know, lumped together with those that are being termed crazies here. And uh, just in review, um, I just want to point out we're not endorsing candidates on this program or through our ministries, but give me your take on this speech as President Trump was anything but silent on Israel. He was very vocal about supporting Israel. In fact, he even had former Israeli Ambassador David Friedman get up and speak. He did a wonderful job. Listen, Trump has a lot of amazing accomplishments in the Middle East, including Israel. Uh, Trump, we cannot doubt, is one of the greatest uh, uh, friends of Israel when it comes to not only just vocalizing support, but also enacting support as well. He was the one who moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, uh, making a statement globally that the United States believes that Jerusalem is the undivided capital of, of the state of Israel. He granted sovereignty to the Golan Heights, which borders Syria, which uh, to Israel. Uh, the Golan Heights was an area that was captured by Israel in 1967 and has maintained uh, uh, to be a buffer zone for Israelis between Syria and Israel and has proved to be very valuable to Israel post-1967. Um, and so uh, Trump granted sovereignty, uh, a U.S. Uh, approving sovereignty of that land for, for Israel. Just so many accomplishments, uh, trying to even build a bridge between the Palestinians and Israelis when he was inaugurating and bringing about the Abraham Accords. Um, but they, of course, the Palestinians uh, turned a blind eye to the peace uh, process that Trump had laid out, which was definitely more in line with a Trumpian way of doing things in Israel, more of a business model than it was a diplomatic model, um, something that I think could have really benefited the Palestinians but they didn't show up. And what ends up resulting, though, is the Palestinians said no to peace, uh, but then all of a sudden Israel strikes peace deals with the Arab countries around them, with the UAE, with uh, Sudan, um, with, uh, with uh, Bahrain, and many others. And so all of a sudden uh, there's peace that comes as a result of the Trump administration and what they put into practice against what all of, all of uh, the advisors, the political advisors, the Beltway advisors of Washington, D.C., have been pushing for decades. Trump did go against that along with his team, and it proved to be very successful. And even during this war with Hamas, we are seeing the Abraham Accords play a very significant role in how these countries relate with Israel during this war against Hamas. And so, again, he had a lot of, of uh, uh, accomplishments to stand on, and uh, his support remains the same for Israel and the Jewish people, and I think it will only play out. If he becomes the next president again, then I think we'll see a continued support for Israel and the Jewish people uh, in, in the next presidential term. Yeah, and, and uh, Chris, as you recall, at, the, at that uh, speech that uh, former President Trump gave, uh, he, uh, every president preceding him, talking, we're going to move the capital to Jerusalem, and he mentioned that, and and yet every president who came in never did that, but but uh, he said, we're going to move forward on this, and he received heavy uh, advice from his advisors and from and from other countries not to do this. I, I, genuinely, I genuinely believe that presidents come in with the greatest intentions to, to move the embassy. I really do believe that. But it takes certain presidents to push back against, once they get into White House, that's when advisors begin to whisper in their ear mm -hmm. about what could happen. Um, and uh, I really believe that the presidents that have made a vast difference for the cause of the state of Israel and for the Jewish people are the ones who don't listen to advisors. Go back to 1947 and 1948 when the state of Israel declared its independence. Uh, it was uh, President Truman whose advisor said, you cannot accept this. Uh, the Jewish people will be wiped, wiped off the map, map in a moment. Uh, it's a bad idea to accept this. And Truman um, really went against all of his advisors and was the first uh, uh, leader uh, in the world to approve the Jewish state and to, and to recognize Israel as a sovereign state. 
Um, and so what happens is Truman is remembered as the president who helped uh, with the founding of the state of Israel, played an incredibly important role. And yet, think about it, all of his advisors said, it's a bad idea to do this. Uh, I'm sure Trump and all of his team were hearing over and over and over again, it's a bad idea to move the embassy. It's a bad idea to do this. It's a bad idea to move away from a two-state solution. It's a bad idea to do these things. And what happens, what you see, is that actually it was a good idea. Um, I think it actually positioned, when Trump moved the embassy, um, and uh, uh, you see how he was making peace deals with the, with the other uh, 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 Arab nations, Muslim nations, what you see is it puts the Palestinians in a unique situation. Uh, no longer are we just going to agree to the terms that they want, which will never are never atta- attainable. Uh, now they have to kind of grow up and come to the table. If they really want peace, then they're going to have to act on this. And the sad thing is, is it shows they didn't want to act on it. And so uh, here we are today, and October 7th really is a result of all of the pandering to the Palestinians for so many years. And here's where we are right now with Israel at war with Hamas. We're speaking with Chris Katolka from the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. Uh, Chris, it just revealed today, saw the article on Israel National News, uh, that just hours before the massacre on October 7th, that there were hundreds of terrorists that changed their phones to Israeli SIM cards. Hundreds of phones activated in the Gaza Strip. Oh, what's the significance of this? You know, it helps with better communication. That's what they were arguing, is it helps with better communication once you get into Israel and you're on an Israeli SIM card. Um, it, it also is, it, what it shows is that they understood, that Hamas thought deeply about this attack. Uh, this was not a surprise attack. This was, this was well thought out. It was something they trained for. Uh, they had a method to, to how they would accomplish this, and one of them was through, I mean, you have to have communication in order to accomplish a task, and they figured out how to best uh, uh, communicate with one another. Um, SIM cards in, in Israel are exchanged uh, a lot. You'd be surprised. In America, everybody has, you know, one for the most part, one cell phone, their one SIM card. Um, we actually don't even really use SIM cards anymore. We have electronic SIM cards. But in Israel, they haven't gone that direction yet because they take SIM cards out and they pop them into new phones all the time. They, ro- they rotate SIM cards all the time. And so it's natural to have a bunch of SIM cards. These, these Gazans were taking SIM cards in order to better communicate and act upon their terrorism um, while they were across the border and came into Israel. Um, and so, again, what it shows is it was calculated, Jim. It was a calculated effort to make sure that they had proper communication um, in order to commit as much terrorism as possible. Did the IDF miss this? The IDF did miss a lot. Uh, Jim, uh, you know, I, we uh, not long after the the attack on October seventh, we had a specialist speak to the leaders at the Friends of Israel, and it was very fascinating what he said. He goes, you know, Israel is known for its technology, um, but he, as an Israeli, said sometimes you can become too dependent on technology, and you you kind of lose your guard when you do that. And what happened is that the Palestinians or Hamas, I should say, in Gaza. They started to figure out what kind of technology Israel was using, where the technology was placed, what the technology did, and they were able to figure out how to get around it and how to uh, override it in many ways. Um, and so, uh, you know, it was very interesting to hear this one specialist um, say the issue really is that we depended too much on technology. We kind of took a step back um, once we got our technology set up when really we should have been engaged the whole time. And so the, the Palestinian, the Hamas was able to figure out ultimately how to get around the technology. And the SIM cards is just another picture of using that technology. Chris Katolka with us here today on Crosstalk as we discuss Israel's fight for survival. And uh, certainly we're going to uh, pick up with uh, what the aftermath now of October 7th, uh, the daily occurrences taking place, the tunnel system, humanitarian aid, and so much more. Back in a minute here on Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, creation seminar speaker at the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, can one believe in God and evolution at the same time? Chris, many people do believe in God and in evolution by natural selection, but I don't think they should. The very reason evolution exists is to try to explain the fact that we're here without a God. It's a totally natural theory as opposed to supernatural. Recently, I heard from a Christian in Russia. 
He acknowledges that evolution was used as a tool by the communist government for all those years to discredit Christianity and the Bible. Today, there are many Christians in Russia, but it would be very rare to find a Christian who believes in evolution. Those who have gone through the communist ordeal have recognized that evolution and Christianity are incompatible. I wish American Christians would see that back to Genesis truth so clearly. Thanks, Dr. Morris. For more information, you can find us on the web at www.icr.org. Friends, there's a lot of current happenings going on uh, in, with Israel right now, and uh, we're going to get into the United Nations resolution from last week that was given, the humanitarian aid, the tunnel system. We'll be talking about hostage talks and some deadlines given as it pertains to Ramadan coming up on March 10th. Uh, so many current issues going on with Israel. And uh, friends, if you want to stay informed on, on so many different issues and why these things are happening, uh, you're going to find a lot of background in the magazine that's entitled Israel, My Glory. Chris, you write for Israel, My Glory magazine, and uh, Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry is making a free one-year subscription available to our, our Crosstalk listeners, correct? That's right. In fact, if they call 800-257-7843, if they've never subscribed before, they'll get a one-year free subscription to Israel, My Glory they can get the paper or a print edition or our digital edition, which actually will give them more than 40 years' worth of Israel My Glory wow. right on their tablet or computer. Okay. And, uh, friends, we'll give you out a website here, too, where you may order that. But the number that Chris just gave out is 1-800-257-7843. And if you've never subscribed to the magazine before, you can just mention, I just heard Chris on the radio on, on, on Crosstalk. I'd like to get that free one-year subscription to Israel My Glory. Here is a number. It's 1-800-257-7843. 800-257-7843. Or they can do it online as well. Yep, that's right. IsraelMyGlory.org forward slash subscribe. Okay, and that will get it to, to you. IsraelMyGlory.org forward slash subscribe. Uh, Chris, we must, uh, you know, there are many who think, well, that was October 7th, that's over and done with, but and not realize that Israel continues under attack. Uh, I mean, day after day, the sirens of incoming missiles going off, it happened multiple times today and yesterday and the day before, also last week, Thursday, uh, uh, as you and I were (laughs) there to hear President Trump, uh, former President Trump, uh, last Thursday, one Israeli was killed, eight more wounded after Palestinian terrorists fired at motorists. Evidently, the terrorists took advantage of a traffic jam to carry out their mayhem. This is what Israel continues to live day after day. And and by and large, you know, the legacy media does not pick up on this. The legacy media prefer to focus what's going on in Gaza, not realizing see, the legacy media focuses specifically on Gaza. And it's usually only when Israel is uh, is in an operation in Gaza that the legacy media tunes in. But again, I always like to remind people, October 7th didn't happen in a vacuum. October 7th is uh, really the mismanagement of how the world was giving approval for Hamas to continue to launch rockets while asking Israel, please don't, please don't do anything to them. The world would say, please don't hurt the, uh, the uh, Palestinians in Gaza. Please don't go after Hamas. Uh, and then what ends up happening, but every day, Jim, uh, rockets were getting launched from Hamas, uh, from, Ga- from uh, Gaza into Israel uh, for 15 years. And what happened is we have let it fester. The world let it fester so much that October 7th is just the result of a constant festering in, in Gaza that gave way to the massacre on the border of Gaza. And so really, it, it, it's legacy media only only turns in and tunes in only whenever Israel is in an operation. But they should be tuned in the entire time as rockets are getting launched from from Gaza into Israel on a daily basis. Yeah. And, uh, Chris, I was reading a column by Olivier Melnick uh, on uh, WND.com as well, and also mentioned uh, several things. I mean, he had a column called a, a global crystal knock on the horizon. He's asking that question and talked even about hackers stealing Jewish names from the 23andMe website. Some 7 million names exposed. Companies said, no, this is just due to poor password management. Uh, but uh, the hackers offered to sell the names of people with Jewish ancestry anywhere from $1 to $10 per name, he writes. That's, that's rather concerning. 
It's very concerning, and it's basically uh, what you see going on in 1938, but just in the 21st century. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. what you see going on leading up to the Holocaust, the events leading up to the Holocaust, but just with a 21st century spin. We were talking about technology before the break and how Hamas used technology to terrorize Israel. Well, here again is another form of technological anti-Semitism. Chris, while Israel is not opposed to humanitarian aid going in, they are finding that humanitarian aid is not making its way to the people, and and also discoveries that the medicines that were sent in for hostages privately from their families has not made it to the hostages, uh, but they're uncovering it in, in various locations, hospitals, and, and sometimes even humanitarian aid, you know, they can tell has been in the hands of Hamas. It's no. It really is no secret at all, Jim. That when you watch the the uh, when you watch Hamas and you see how they act, humanitarian aid does not trickle down to the common Palestinian in Gaza, uh, where it should be going. Hamas is the one who takes the humanitarian aid for their leaders and for the people in their brigades, and then if there's any left, it trickles down to the common innocent uh, Palestinian living in Gaza. Uh, we know this. Uh, for a fact, it's been going on uh, for 15 years. This is the way Hamas uh, acts. Uh, you know, it's very interesting that after October 7th and Israel went into Gaza, all of a sudden photos begin to come out as Israelis are in there. The IDF is in there. Photos of the humanitarian aid from countries that has been sent to Gaza were not used for uh, were not used for the uh, common Palestinian person. It was actually they find that they're that their humanitarian aid is being used in the, the tunnels that were being built. Um, uh, so all of those things that you're doing, that you're spending your money, your tax dollars, and hoping that it goes to the good to help those who are in need, it actually just, it always starts at the beginning with Hamas, and Hamas filters it down, and hopefully some makes it to the common person, but it usually isn't the case. And this is something that they've known for a long time, and yet what happens is there's a continual funding of, these, of this humanitarian aid, knowing that Hamas is the one who's getting it. Now, Benjamin Netanyahu has recently come out and said that he will make sure with the humanitarian aid that's going in that it will be distributed properly to the right sources. And so that is something that Netanyahu did say as he's entering into Rafah, um, and there's going to be the, uh, the um, final stage, really, of the war in Gaza, uh, in the south of Gaza. He did mention the fact that the humanitarian aid that would be coming would be one that would be brought and specifically given and, and uh, to the people who are in need, not starting with Hamas at the top. What, what can you tell us about the hostage talks? I saw CBN News reported that Israel is drawing this hard line, either Hamas free these hostages by Ramadan or the IDF is going to smash the terrorist last stronghold in Rafah during the uh, month of uh, a Muslim holy month of Ramadan starting on March 10th. What do we know about uh, this, this hard line that Israel is drawing here? I know that Israel has been in talks with the U.S. and with Qatar uh, about the potential for the beginning talks of what it would look like for hostage exchange and for a potential uh, uh, ceasefire um, with the humanitarian aid coming in. It's only the very beginning of, of the talks. But the reality is, is it probably that what whatever Hamas is asking for is too much for Israel to give right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about the fact that oftentimes what they're saying is, "We'll give you, uh, we will give you uh, this ceasefire and hostages back for a thousand uh, Palestinians who are in your in your jails right now, which are terrorists." Um, and so, that oftentimes the exchange for the hostages is incredibly high. It's, you know, for Gilead Shalit, who was a hostage in Israel, an IDF hostage from many, many years ago, one man, I believe, uh, uh, was exchanged, one Israeli was exchanged for a thousand um, uh, uh, terrorists. Uh, again, you, you, that's a very high price to pay. Um, and so the question is whether or not Israel is willing to do that. I don't think Netanyahu is going to pull the trigger on that. I think Hamas's demands will be too high. And I will be surprised if we see, I will personally be surprised, I should say. I, I, anything's possible uh, if there is a, a ceasefire and a hostage exchange um, in the next few weeks. And so that's me, because I just think sometimes Hamas, it, it, I, Hamas often demands more than what they, what, you know, what any other uh, person would ever ask for when it comes to an exchange 
Um, in, in, in this in this case, I don't think it's going to end up happening. Now, Ramadan, which starts on March 10th, is often a, a, an escalated violent time uh, by Islam all across this globe. And and I, I know that there are many uh, killings that happen during Ramadan. We're told it's you know, a Muslim holy month, but but it's like extra points are being scored if they if they kill in the name of Allah during this time. Yeah, yeah, Israel, even apart from war, Jim, Israel is on high alert during Ramadan. I was in Ramadan, I was in Israel last year during Ramadan. Uh, and um, it's very fascinating because it, it, it's a time where Israeli security guards uh, have to set up certain barricades to make sure certain people are going in the, you know, uh, uh, toward the Temple Mount in Jerusalem um, at a certain time that to make sure that only certain groups of people are going to the Temple Mount, because if you have too many differing opinions on the Temple Mount between Jewish people or Muslims uh, uh, or Christians. It could spark a, a potential crisis. And so the Israeli police do the best that they possibly can to manage Jerusalem during Ramadan. And so, uh, yes, it's a heightened, heightened time, and the war doesn't make it any easier. Uh, remember, Jerusalem is near the West Bank, and so uh, a lot of those uh, uh, Muslims that come to the Temple Mount for worship in Jerusalem are coming from the Palestinian territories in the West Bank. Um, and so they are definitely um, uh, more excited um, and, and, uh, and definitely now more angered as a result of the war. And so it's definitely going to be something that Israel is going to have to deal with during Ramadan. Uh, and that is, what, like you said, one of the reasons why they're going to want to try to make, make a potential hostage exchange prior to before Ramadan, before mm-hmm. that uh, uh, time comes into uh, that season comes. I'd like you to take a look at what happened last week. Another resolution before the United Nations calling for this humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. The lone voice in opposition, uh, that vote was cast by the United States of America. Uh, your comments on what's coming, you know, through the auspices of the UN, it's usually condemnation against Israel here, but uh, is a humanitarian ceasefire in Israel's best interest? I am uh, of the opinion, Jim, that Israel should be the one to determine whether or not it's ready for a ceasefire, because Israel is the one who understands who what's at play the best. Uh, you know, the the UN, the United Nations, has no idea uh, what what's what's at play for Israel. You know, the moment you give any breathing room to Hamas, they will be ready to rearm. They will be ready to regroup. Uh, to uh, fight against Israel again. All they need is a little breathing room, and they will be back in, in uh, fighting mode again. So that's why Israel has been full throttle since the last ceasefire a few months ago. Um, and so it, it, to, to, to enact a ceasefire, Israel knows that could also, it, it, they might get hostages out of it, but they'll also set them back as well um, when it comes to the war. You know, I want to read something that, um, that uh, President Biden said Right after October 7th, um, this was an Oval Office address, and he said this. He said, history has taught us that when terrorists do not face consequences for their actions and when dictators are not held accountable for their aggression, it only leads to further chaos, death, and destruction. Well, you know, the U.N. should listen to those words, and I hope Biden remembers what he said. Because this is incredibly important. Uh, you know, this isn't just Hamas post-October 7th. This is Hamas, Jim, for the past 15 years. Yeah. And finally, right now, finally, they're getting a taste of what Israel should have probably done a long time ago. Uh, but uh, uh, President Biden's the one who said it. He said that they need to be held accountable for their aggression. And if they aren't, then it's only going to further chaos, death, and destruction. And that's what's on Hamas's mind. There's a vast difference between uh, Israeli thought and Palestinian thought. And one is life, and that's the Israelis, and one is death, and that is the Palestinians, or specifically Hamas. Friends, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, if you miss that phone number for getting Israel My Glory magazine, we'll get that right after the break. So have handy a sheet of paper, a pen, or a pencil to jot down the info. Back in one minute here on Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Entertainment has become the draw to build churches and youth groups. Meanwhile, sound biblical teaching has fallen off the cliff. To many, it's all about numbers and little about the Bible. Play the Flute, a powerful DVD, addresses this issue head on. 
Play the Flute tells the story of one youth leader who would not give up, who would not surrender to the apathy taking over his new youth group. The Lord Jesus is looking for followers who realize that they are sinners and need a savior. These are his terms, and I can't change them. From Rich Cristiano comes Play the Flute, a powerful story on DVD available from BCY America for a donation of $18 or more. Call 1-800-729-9829. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Oh, here's another headline, this one from Jihad Watch. An explosion is coming. Hamas threatens Israel with more jihad attacks as Ramadan approaches. Chris Katolka is with us today from the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry as Israel's fight for survival continues. And uh, Chris, um, we had talked about Israel My Glory magazine. Uh, give our listeners just an idea. What are some of the topics and issues that you bring up in this magazine? Yeah, well, right now it, it, it's a it's a great blend, Jim, of events that are happening with Israel within Israel and the Middle East. It gives them a great biblical approach to the Jewish people in Israel as well, as well as great doctrine. And so, for instance, our most recent issue is who the topic is who can know sin's reach, depth, and re- remedy. So we talk about the reality of sin in this issue of Israel, my glory. But then also. We talk about who is Jesus in all of this. Well, he's the Jewish Messiah. What did the Old Testament promise about the remedy for sin? Mm. And where does Israel play in all of this as well? And so really great articles. And then I am the editorial writer, so I actually uh, look at what's going on from a political perspective uh, and and uh, and a cultural perspective on issues with Israel, the Jewish people, and and uh, and the Christian world. And friends, if you have not subscribed before to this magazine, but would like a free one-year complimentary subscription, all you need to do is reach out to them by phone. Uh, you can call one eight hundred two five seven seventy eight forty three and ask for a free one-year subscription to Israel My Glory magazine. It comes out every two months, correct? That's right, bi- well, bi-monthly. 1-800, I'm sorry? Sorry, it's every two months, you're right. Uh, 1-800-257-7843, or go to the website israelmyglory.org slash, uh, forward slash subscribe, and that will get you there as well. Uh, Chris, Israel coming under fire, even now from Secretary of State uh, Anthony Blinken regarding Israel's expanding housing in Judea and Samaria, known to many as the West Bank. Uh, Blinken said this expansion is, quote, inconsistent with international law, and then said, quote, our administration maintains firm opposition to settlement expansion, and our judgment only weakens, not strengthens Israel's security. Your response to that? Yeah, you know, I uh, this is very interesting to me that uh, you know Antony Blinken is saying this because uh, this is uh, what what Antony Blinken is trying to hold up is the two state solution, which in my opinion is dead. I don't know if you have been hearing what the Biden administration was saying not long after October seventh, what the United Nations was saying not long after October seventh, which is the which is the idea that uh, that uh, Israel should enter into a two-state solution, that this is a perfect opportunity to develop a two-state solution. And that's just so tone-deaf, Jim, that they would ask Israel to enter into a two-state solution after a massacre on October 7th mm-hmm. with, the, with Hamas. And so what you're seeing is Antony Blinken frustrated that this is going against what their desires are, which is to see a two-state solution happen. Number one, the, the, there are two different words that should be that are used when it comes to the West Bank, and we are the ones who call it the West Bank, Jim, in 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 our Western world. We call it the West Bank because it's the west side of the Jordan River. But the reality is, is that the Israelis they call it Judea Samaria, which is the biblical name for the area. It's where all of the events of the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, occurred in Judea Samaria, which is what we call the West Bank. And the thing that frustrates Antony Blinken is that he believes that Israel is occupying the land. Actually, the UN Resolution 242, which is the one that, which is the resolution that was adopted after 1967 in the Six-Day War, did not 
basically say that Israel is occupying the land. It's actually that the land is disputed. Israel can't occupy something that was never the Palestinians to begin with. There was never a Palestinian state there. There was never a Palestinian president or a Palestinian king. There was none of that. Prior to 1967, the Jordanians controlled the land. And so, again, it's not, you can't occupy something that the Palestinians never had to begin with. It's actually called disputed land. And so what's going on here is that Anthony Blinken wants to look at it from an occupied perspective, when most Israelis look at it from a disputed perspective. And it's disputed land. And right now, Israel actually does have the right to build in areas that are not Palestinian territories. And so they're not breaking any U.N. rules. Uh, Israeli lawyers look at this. International lawyers look at this. Uh, they're not, it, if it's disputed territory, it's areas that Israel can build uh, the, uh, towns. You know, it's funny, they use the term settlement, which makes it seem like an incredibly illegal thing. They're settlers, like they're colonizers. But really, the, the reality is that uh, they are building towns, Israeli towns, in land that Israel controls. Um, and so it's just a way that the legacy media, like you were talking about before, it's just a way that the United Nations tries its best to condemn Israel in order to maintain, uh, and the United States as well under the Biden administration, it does its best to maintain this two-state solution that is really, as of right now, it's just dead in the water. The Israelis have no desire to enact a two-state solution anytime soon. Friends, we'll take your questions and comments here. Brief comments or questions for Chris Katolka. Our number to crosstalk is 1-800-733-9829. 1-800-733-9829. Again, your questions for Chris, your brief comments uh, pertaining to current uh, uh, matters here with Israel and uh, the war against Hamas, uh, 800-733-9829. Chris, um, let's take a look at uh, what's happening now in the U.S. We continue to see things happening on university campuses. Sometimes we'll see highways or bridges that are shut down, uh, and, and you know, from the river to the sea. And, uh, friends, just keep in mind, whenever you hear that from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. This is really calling for the annihilation of Israel. Uh, that's really what they're looking for, to wipe Israel off the face of the map. But, but uh, Chris, I, I know there's much happening across this country, but in addition to that, uh, we are seeing a special emphasis seeming to be on on the state of Michigan itself and and uh, Hamtramck, uh, Michigan, which put in its first uh, majority uh, or total, uh, you know, Islamic uh, city council members into there as well. Your observations, what's happening nationally, but also here in the state of Michigan. Well, Rashida Tlaib, uh, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, uh, who has Palestinian descent, is actually encouraging um, the, uh, her her constituents um, to write in the ballot for the primary that's uh, basically turning against President Biden because of his support uh, for Israel during the war. Uh, so you're seeing some inter uh, inter-party fighting going on in the Democratic Party among the progressives, for sure, toward President Biden for his his stance toward Israel. Now, it's interesting because his stance, I don't know if he remembers what his stance is. Some days he's very pro-Israel, and some days he'll say right from the, right from the uh, microphone that Israel's gone too far in Gaza. Uh, so, you know, Rashida Tlaib is trying to use this opportunity uh, to state her case with her largely Muslim-majority constituents uh, against President Biden. But you have to remember, Michigan also has a very large Jewish community as well. And so it'll be interesting to see how the primaries play out. It'll be interesting to see how this, uh, this um, uh, you know, what we see from what Rashida Tlaib's trying to do and how the, the community responds to the primaries that are coming through Michigan now. Um, with Israel, because Israel is going to become a topic of discussion. It's a topic of discussion in everywhere, like you said, on college campuses. Even recently, Jerry Seinfeld, the Jewish comedian, was, uh, was demonstrated against as he was going to a Jewish event, saying that Jerry Seinfeld uh, promotes genocide because he supports Israel. You know, uh, it, everywhere, anybody who supports Israel is being pointed at by demonstrators and being told, you support genocide. And I have to be honest with you, I don't know any Israeli, I don't know any supporter of Israel, Christian or non-Christian, 
I don't know any Jewish people that support genocide. What they support is the end of Hamas in Gaza once and for all. And that's not something that you can take lightly. It's something that has to be done. But again, you're seeing these protests pop up everywhere, and you're seeing activity on college campuses. It hasn't let up at all. And, uh, and uh, the voices continue to get louder uh, in, a, in the pro-Palestinian, especially among uh, college-age uh, young adults. Chris, our lines are packed here. We're going to begin with Michael in New York. Hi, Michael. You're on the air. Hey, guys. How are you? Fine. Thank you. All right. So uh, on my way to work, you know, I like to listen to this channel because, you know, it's very, uh, you know, it's very religious. As a Jew, I, I always I, I'm always listening to everybody's beliefs because, uh, you know, sometimes everybody got questions. So, you know, as as a Jew, you know, I'm, I'm on here. I don't believe in Jesus. Right, Jesus was a Jew, you know, me believing in Jesus, like believing in myself because I'm a Jew, just like Jesus, we're all son, the son of God. So, you know, we have a, a little bit different beliefs as Jews, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, we would never want to harm anybody. Um, Israel is only protecting itself against Hamas, the terrorist group, and the proxies of Iran. I'm surprised they're not attacking Iran. Okay. Uh, there's there's already so much tension on Israel uh, itself, and uh, you know Biden is 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 putting us into shit. We need Trump back. That's we need Trump because you know. Uh, Michael, I, Michael, let me have uh, Chris respond to you here. Uh, Chris, Michael, I couldn't agree with with you more on your stance that Israel is doing its best to defend itself, and it has every right to do that. And I want you to know how much I value you for listening to VCY and to listening to Crosstalk as a Jewish man. And uh, if I could just encourage you to do one thing, one thing and one thing only, read Isaiah 53, and I'd love you for it. I'd love you to do it, and I'm thankful that you listen to the radio program. I will definitely gather up a couple of rabbis, listen to Isaiah 53, Mm -hmm. and we can discuss about it. Like, you know, sometimes we have, uh, you know, whenever we come around and we talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know the belief of God, and and when a, a topic comes up, you know we might bring up a different um, uh, a different religion, and uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know it it all comes comes to one God, and it's the God of the Jewish people, the God yeah. of everybody, because yeah. God has made everybody equal. Yeah, Michael, thank you for the call. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is certainly the one that we're talking about here today. And uh, read Isaiah 53, as, as Chris pointed out, and uh, read that very, very carefully and, uh, and uh, gain some perspective on that. Thank you for the call. Uh, we've got uh, Scott in uh, West Virginia. Scott, you're on the air. Yeah, I have a question and a comment. Uh, so does Israel have a religious test to vote or run for public office? No, they don't. Uh, you can be All secular. Right. You can be religious. Okay. Right, because uh, the freedom that uh, happened, like, you know how the Democrats in this country are asking for free and fair elections, like free elections, they're wanting so much freedom that they're not legit. But uh, but uh, the cradle of democracy it was Greece, and one of their philosophers said, uh, freedom, as they tell you in a democracy, is, is the glory of the state. The... The insatiable desire for freedom and the neglect of other things brings about in a democracy uh, the, the demand for tyranny. Okay, thank you, Scott. And uh, but uh, Chris, opening elections, you got people from many competing parties uh, in the in the, the nation of Israel. Yeah, no, you have competing parties and you have competing uh, religious perspectives as well. But I will say something that Israel's got down that America could could could, uh, could value and understand and take hold of is that you get a day off for elections and uh, it's paper ballot and that's it. I was with my Israeli friend and you know what? He was in America. He couldn't vote. There was no absentee ballot and he said that's okay with me right now. Wow. Wow. Something we can learn. Now friends, we'll be back in one minute here on Crosstalk. Chris Katolka is our guest and uh, we'll be sharing their number for you here in just a moment as well for Israel My Glory. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brennan House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. 
General Michael Flynn was my guest on Worldview Report Sunday, and we discussed the CIA, the NSA, and the FBI's weaponization against people like him. Indeed, we see this warning also coming from Patrick Wood, who has been fighting technocracy for years. Did you know that much of what we enjoy today, whether it's Google and other platforms, were done jointly with agencies like DARPA through our government, through the CIA and NSA and other groups? Go look it up. These wonderful platforms at one time for free speech have now been turned against us, the American people, to control us, to designate what is misinformation and disinformation and to shut us off and shut us down. What was once used for promoting free speech is now being used to stifle free speech. And who's at the hand of it? The federal central government in the intelligence arena. Be warned. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America, and uh, even to our dear friend who called out of New York listening in, uh, get Israel My Glory, uh, a powerful magazine, and it comes out every two months. And if you've never received it before, they're offering a free one-year subscription. All you need to do is call them at this number, 1-800-257-7843. That's 1-800-257-7843. You can just mention you were listening to Chris on on uh, Crosstalk here today, and uh, and say I'd like to get that magazine, and uh, they'll take you uh, take care of you there, or go to israelmyglory.org forward slash subscribe. Let's go back to the phone lines, holding the longest. Uh, Dave in Phoenix, Arizona, you're on the air. Hey, thanks, Jim and Chris. I appreciate it. I'm a Torah believer in Yeshua Messiah, so my beliefs are. Uh about uh, halfway between <laughs> your last one of your last callers and uh the Jews but anyway I just want to pray for the peace of Jerusalem mm. and um pray for the peace in Israel and pray that uh Yahweh will um you know do his will uh and uh, Israel will remain strong mm. Thank That's you. All, all I can say. Thank, Thank you. you. And uh, Chris, the scripture tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Yeah, it, it actually is a direct command to pray. The word is actually ask in Hebrew, but it's like a like a direct. You have to really pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It's something that God's asking us to do. And when we're praying for the peace of Jerusalem, just as our friend just said on on the on the uh, line, is that we're really praying for the Prince of Peace to come and bring peace. People always say, will there ever be peace in the Middle East? I say 100% hmm. the day the Lord Jesus returns. Amen. That's when there'll be peace. Amen. Let's go to Drew in New Mexico. Hi, Drew, you're on the air. Yes, I wanted to ask your, your uh, guest, Chris. Uh, it, would it be fair to say that, like you said earlier, that God's hand uh, is over, you know, uh, America just because, you know, because of the Zionists and, and, and the people, you know, that love and fear God? Well, as a New Mexico Sephardic Jew myself, uh, you know, I truly believe that. And then I also wanted to ask him also if he's heard of modern uh, archaeology in Israel, uh, actually discovering the actual place where, uh, where the actual uh, uh, sacred place is and see what he would comment about that. And then that okay. maybe that's where the new temple is going to be built. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Chris? Well, number one, Jim, if I could do a quick plug, if your listeners go to foiequip.org, that's foiequip.org, on March 14th, Dr. Randall Price, who is an evangelical archaeologist, a specialist in archaeology, uh, has done a lot of work on the Dead Sea Scrolls and writes for Israel My Glory, will be doing a class on digging up the truth uh, the, on, on the archaeology and the reliability mm. of the scriptures. It's a class that Friends of Israel is hosting that it's free for anybody to take Thursday night, March 14th, 7.30 Eastern Time. They can register at foiequip.org. So he was talking about archaeology there. But really, uh, you, you know, it's interesting that everyone always wonders, is America in the Bible? Uh, you could say it is. It's lumped into what's called the goyim. It's lumped into, in Hebrew, the nation. And so what happens is that the nations are judged for how they treated Israel and the Jewish people, Joel chapter 3. That's really important. And they're judged for how they treated the people, how they treated the land, and how they understood the blessing that God gave through Israel and the Jewish people. That's mentioned in Joel chapter 3, and I also believe it's mentioned in Matthew chapter 25 when Jesus is speaking. And so those are very important concepts 
that I think uh, our the the caller is exactly right on. I think God is blesses America because America should is loving the Jewish people and supporting Israel. But I do believe that it's very possible for America to also turn its favor away from Israel, and for that reason, God could turn his favor away. I do believe it's biblical, and not only do I believe we have the Bible on our side on that, but I also think we have history on our side as well. Ken is calling from Iron River, Wisconsin. You're on the air, Ken. Um, I'm outside, and I have to walk out my shop, so I don't know, did anybody, Blinken, does he have any clue that this is a promised land, that they're finally... Just little bitty. Does he have any clue about that? Can anybody talk to this uh, administration and explain that? Thank you, Ken. Uh, could you, what was the question again, Jim? I'm sorry I didn't hear it. Yeah, basically, does, does Blinken know that this is the promised land, that it belongs to Israel? Uh, can anybody get to him and, and let him know that? Uh, I hope that. I'm sure he's getting a lot of emails from people, and I'm sure there's a lot. I'm sure he understands how Christians, especially Bible believing Christians, view the land of Israel as the promised land. But it, for Blinken, it's not about uh, God's perspective. See, we're looking at the land, and we're looking at what's going on with the nation from a biblical worldview, mm-hmm. which I actually think is the proper worldview. But what Blinken's looking at is a political worldview, and what's best for what he believes is best for America, what's best for Israel, what's best for the Palestinians, and what's best for the Middle East. And really, it's a tired tired policy that he's promoting, which is the two-state solution. So do I think he thinks it's the promised land? I don't know. Maybe personally he does, but he's got someone else to answer to, and that's uh, uh, President Biden, which continues to push the two-state solution. Thank you for the call. Samuel in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, you're on the air. Yes, good afternoon. Could you speak about um, when President Truman was making his decision? Wasn't he... um, given some information by a clothier that ran a haberdashery shop in Missouri. Yep. and that kind Exactly. Of you have to forgive me. Maybe you remember his name. Um, but it, he was a friend, an old friend uh, of, of Truman, and uh, Truman didn't really know what to do with Israel at that time and the Jewish people as restoration the, uh, of the Jewish state was on, uh, you know, on the cusp. And so uh, a, a man um, who was, like you said, in, I believe, the clothing business came, um, a Jewish man came and spoke with Truman and told him, uh, you know, all about the, what the Bible says about Israel and the Jewish people. And I think he was even told, you could be Cyrus the Great, the hmm. one who helps return the Jewish people to the land. And that never left Truman's mind. Truman actually did look at the revival of the Jewish people, the restoration of the nation of Israel, from a biblical lens, um, and he even talked about the fact that he remembers growing up and reading the stories in the Bible, going to Sunday school, um, and uh, learning about Israel and the Jewish people, and how that did impact his uh, his desire to be the one to accept them as a as the as a as the state of Israel to recognize the state of Israel. My, my story on the man, though, I, I did I, I met his uh, I think grandson or granddaughter at an APAC event in Washington, D.C., and I heard the story, but it's been so long, but he is exactly right. I, mm-hmm. I, I have to get more details to speak more thoroughly about the man. We're going to have to leave it there. We are out of time, and we apologize to other people on hold right now. We have uh, just run the duration of the clock. Chris Katolka with us today. If you'd like to get that complimentary uh, one-year subscription, 1-800-257-7843. Chris, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Jim. And friends, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk.